So we're going to be looking at a variety of scripture passages today, and I'm going to put them all on the screen, or if you have a Bible app, they'll be on the Bible app, and you can follow along there as well. Either way will work for you. It is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all of us. Um, We get to celebrate. I I celebrate on President's Day. I'm celebrating on Mother's Day, right? I'm hoping for cake. That'll be good. Um, But uh, we're going to uh, not talk about Mother's Day today. We're going to continue, actually, in a series that we're doing about resilience, And that might be fitting because moms tend to make us a little bit more resilient than we would be without them. But uh, actually, uh, I I want to talk to you just about this concept of resilience and and how you can be more resilient as a person and spiritually you can be more resilient. Something I've probably not told you yet is that I'm a grandfather, (laughs) right? (laughs) Okay, I've told you like a hundred times, but I never get tired of telling you. And that's my grandson. He is standing there at a water jug uh, because uh, that's what they have in the country they are to drink. And he's climbing up, exploring that. And uh, he's, he's standing these days. How did that happen, right? Because when I saw him just a couple months ago when I was over there, he couldn't stand. But now, here's Zach, and he's standing. You know, something that comes along with standing when you're that age is falling all the time. I can tell you that Zach has fallen on carpet. He has fallen on a bed mattress. He has fallen in the kitchen. He's fallen in the dining room. He's fallen in the, in the living room. He has fallen in the dirt. He has fallen in the sand. He has fallen a lot. It is what you do when you're learning to stand as you fall. I can tell you this too, that every time he's fallen, he's gotten back up. He's been resilient. And the reason he's resilient isn't because Zach knows how to stand up on his own. He's resilient because his mom picks him up or his dad picks him up and puts him back on his feet. His mom is standing there doing that even right now, kind of helping him along. He needs a dad and a mom to help him up. Children need people to pick them up when they fall. And as believers, we need someone to pick us up from time to time. Just as human beings, you need that. But as believers, you kind of need maybe a spiritual dad and mom or a kind of a coach or a mentor in the things of God to help you along. Someone Someone who has a long-term commitment to your spiritual development. Wouldn't that be cool? Someone who has that for you. Someone who will pray for you and with you. Someone who will listen to you. Someone who will encourage you. Someone who will even speak correction into your life. Those kind of spiritual mentors are things that are almost essential for us if we're going to be resilient, if we're going to have a sense of resilience. Do you have those kinds of people in your life? Do you have that kind of tool, a spiritual mentor in your life? I can tell you I do. I have many spiritual mentors in my life. If I didn't have them, I would have fallen down and, help, I've fallen and I can't get up, and no one ever would have shown up. I would still be laying there without them. I'd actually be tempted to just say, I'm sick of falling. I'm just going to stay here. But spiritual mentors are people who help you. They are tools that help you with resilience. God gives us a lot of different tools that help us be resilient. And that's what this series is all about. This is the second of the tools we're going to be discussing. I want to begin today, though, by as as I'm trying to help you to begin to look for some spiritual mentors. If you have none or few to find some, if you have lots to find even more, I, I want to begin, though, by clarifying a few things about spiritual mentoring. I want you to understand what I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that you find someone who has what I'm going to refer to as seniority in the faith. Do you understand what I mean when I say seniority? They've been around a while. They may have been around a while, but here's what you understand, what you need to understand, that 
being around a while doesn't automatically make you a good mentor. You just have to understand that. Now, you've probably worked in a place where those who have the most time in at the factory or at the job site or whatever, they're given the leadership reward. They have seniority, and seniority brings reward on a job site. But in the kingdom, there is no direct correlation between seniority and spiritual depth. This is a truth. That's why the Apostle Paul, when he was talking to a young man he mentored, whose name was Timothy, he was writing him a letter And in that letter, he says to this young man, and scholars, you know, they talk about how old was Timothy, and some of them have him in his late teens. Sometimes he's a little older than that. Nobody knows for sure. But he's a young man. And the Apostle Paul says to him in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young. Why? Because if you have a quality of spiritual depth, your age is inconsequential. The rest of that verse says, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. In other words, Timothy, I know you're a young guy, but don't let that get you down. And don't let anybody tell you you have nothing to bring to the table and that you can't teach and that you can't be a mentor just because of your age. Because your, your age in chronology doesn't really indicate whether or not you have something valuable to bring to the table. It's something other than that that dictates that. I know you're younger, Timothy, but you can mentor some people I know that are older that need to have some of the character traits that you're already exhibiting. You can do that because being ahead, if we can use that phrase in Christianity, has very little to do with the amount of time you have spent in Christianity. It has to do with your devotion. It has to do with your openness, your willingness, and your commitment. And when I encourage you today to seek spiritual mentors, I'm not necessarily talking about someone with seniority. Let me tell you what else I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that you find someone to give you life advice. Here's what I mean by that. Just recently, an individual said to me, I happened to bump into him, and he said, hey, I'm glad, I, I'm glad you're here. Can you pray about something for me? I own a business, and I'm, I have an opportunity to expand my business, And I'd just like to ask, would you just pray that I will be wise in the decision I make? I said, absolutely. I love it when people ask me that. And I've been praying about it since he asked me for it. Here's what I really love. I love that he didn't say, hey, pastor, I I have this business. I have an opportunity to increase my business, to take on a little bit more over here. What do you think I should do? What do you think God wants me to do? (laughs) I have no idea. Because I am not your business mentor, I am not qualified to make those kind of decisions. I marvel at people that can run a business. How do they do that, right? I don't have that kind of savvy. But what I do have, I hope, is a sense for spiritual mentorship to help him become the business owner that God wants him to be. So that in his business dealings, he will act with character. And in his relationships in his home, he will act with love. And in his personal life, he will behave with holiness and purity. And in his relationship with God, he will spend time in prayer. And in his overall lifestyle, his lifestyle would be a lifestyle that honors God in every way. That's what spiritual mentors are helping you do. They're not telling you whether you should buy Apple or Google stock. They might tell you, you need to put the cell phone down and get out of Facebook. That might be a spiritual mentor thing to say. But it's not the other kind of, how do I get the 
good business deal. Oh, spiritual mentor. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is that you find people who understand your spiritual struggles. People who kind of understand where you are and they understand the kind of issues that you might be facing. I'm suggesting that you find people who can help you become who you need to become. It is really easy to find someone who sees you where you are. It is really hard to find someone who wants to help you move from where you are to where you need to be. It's easy for me to say, well, that guy's got some problems. Wow, she's got a problem. But it's hard for me to say, how can I help them? What am I willing to do to help them? Every now and then you'll hear some naive person (laughs) make the remark that the bar is better than the church because bar folk accept you the way you are. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that naive, that statement, naive statement in life. Bar folks just accept you where you are. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. You should hear how they talk about you when you leave, right? And, and it's been my experience that irreligious people can be almost as judgmental as religious people. Don't believe me? Turn on cable news, right? They're, we're all good at it. As humans, we're all good at it. But here's what I want you to hear. I want you to hear that the people who want you to grow are inside the kingdom of God. And there are very few outside the kingdom of God who want you to grow. There are very few outside of the kingdom that want you to become a better husband. They don't care. A better wife. Yeah, whatever. There are very few outside of the kingdom who want you to overcome addictions. In fact, many outside the kingdom will feed your addiction. They like you have that problem. There are very few outside the kingdom that have any desire to see you have eternal life in the sense that they're willing to help you find it. So yeah, they accept you as you are because they don't give a rip. That's why you find the kind of mentor that I am speaking about inside of the kingdom because I'm talking about mentors who will help you get up when you fall, who will help you even carry you at special times. Now, it's important to just take a side note and say, God gives us these mentors in a couple different ways. First off, the mentor with a capital M that he gives everyone who has placed his faith in Christ is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit at one point, some translations, as the counselor. And he is someone who comes along as a paraclete, that is one who comes along beside you and walks with you, and mentors you. So never undersell the value of the Holy Spirit in his leading you and guiding you. But on top of that, God also gives you people as mentors. He gives us one another to help one another. A number of years ago, I did a a sermon series on the, quote, one another commands in, in Scripture. In the New Testament alone, there's probably about a dozen, if memory serves me correctly, places where God says, love one another, be good to one another, help one another, this one another, that one another, do that to one another. And, and, and he's saying there, I care how you relate to one another, and therefore I give you one another so that you can be resilient. So you can pick one another up when you're struggling. You understand God gives us access to spiritual mentors. What do they look like? What are some of their character qualities? I want to give you a list of five character qualities. This is in no way comprehensive, but I want to say first and foremost that a good spiritual mentor is someone who walks with God. That is the most important thing about a spiritual mentor. It's someone who has a close walk with God. They know him. They, they walk with him. There are a lot of biblical examples. There's a guy named Elijah. 
and he mentored a guy named Elisha. And Elisha turned out to do more incredible things than Elijah did. He had twice the spirit that Elijah had. There's another guy, his name is Daniel. And Daniel mentored many young men. Three of them would be Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. You know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Ramalamadingdong. That's what that sounds like every time you say it, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so, so there's that mentoring happening there. There's, there's another guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the bulk of the New Testament, and he mentored young pastors, a guy named Timothy, a guy named Titus. All that mentoring is happening. You know, those three guys are as different as night and day. Think about it. Elijah is the kind of guy who calls down fire out of heaven and then goes out and kills hundreds of prophets of Baal. That's one kind of guy. Then there's another guy, Daniel, who seems to be very polite and is respected as an exile in a foreign land to the point where he's kind of put in charge of almost everything. And he's just a good guy. You know, he never called down fire. He's just a good guy. And then there's the apostle Paul who, you know, he's kind of unpredictable. One minute he wants to just beat everybody and tell them you're doing it wrong. And the next minute he's really encouraging. He's traveling all over the Mediterranean telling people about Jesus. These guys are completely different. Here's what they had in common. Hear this. They all walked closely with God. So your mentor can look like almost anything, but he has to look like someone who walks with God. She must be a woman of prayer and a woman of faith and a woman of God if she is going to be effective for you in helping you become resilient. Here's another characteristic of a good spiritual mentor. They're interested in you. They gotta be interested in you. There are those who walk with God who seem to not really take a real interest in people. They're almost monastic. Do you know what I mean by that? Like they're monks who just want to live off in a spiritual cathedral somewhere because they don't want to have to deal with people. I get that. I don't understand the humans and sometimes I can't stand people, so I understand that. But that kind of person is not a good spiritual mentor, right? And I'm tempted to say that kind of person who wants to live that life where they're completely separate from people and don't have to deal with people, they just like to be with God. Maybe they got the first commandment down pretty well to love the Lord your God, but they're struggling with the second, which is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Spiritual mentors love people, and they're interested in people, and they want to help people in their spiritual development. That's what Paul was, rather, to Timothy. He treated Timothy almost like a son, and I get that, because there's a lot of younger guys go to this church, and I got to tell you, I feel like you guys, in many respects, are like my kids, except we're the same age. And I love that relationship. Paul loved that relationship. He even addresses Timothy like a son when he's writing the first letter to him. He says, this is to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, peace from the Lord, from God the Father in Christ Jesus the Lord. Paul's mentoring relationship with Timothy was productive because Paul had an interest in Timothy. So you're looking for a mentor? Look for someone. Look for someone who cares about people and is interested in people. Another characteristic about mentors is that they pray for you. The Apostle Paul, he mentored whole churches, you know? Yesterday, we read this in the Saturday morning men's group, which, by the way, doesn't meet next Saturday because you're all signing up to go to breakfast, right? Saturday morning men's group read this passage of Scripture because it was in the book by Tim Keller on prayer, which I'm beginning to think might be the best book I've ever read. It is just such a great book. And in chapter 11 of that book, he quotes the Apostle Paul. I'm going to put this on the screen. I just want you to follow along as I read this. Listen to this mentoring in prayer. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high 
and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of fullness in Christ. Man, I hope there are people praying that way for me. Don't you? Don't you just hope somebody is praying that way for you? If you have good spiritual mentors, they are. I pray that way for you all the time, that you would know Christ in the full measure of his love. Spiritual mentors ask, how can I pray for you? It is very difficult to keep a good relationship, not, not good in the sense of, of healthy, but a thriving relationship where you really feel connected with your son when he is clear across the United States. And he doesn't really like to talk on the phone. It's hard for me to connect with Tim. And I love him. He's my son. Do you know one of the ways that has never failed? When I call him, I say, hey, how's it going, Tim? Good. Anything exciting going on in your life? I know what he's thinking. The same thing I felt when my parents asked me that. No, this week was the same as last week when he asked me that same stupid question. I can't think of anything exciting, you know? So I get it that that's a hard relationship to maintain. But here's what always works. Hey, Tim, I just wanted to ask you, is there any way I can pray for you? Is there anything going on in your life that you need your dad to pray for? Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can pray for this guy at work who's really making everybody crazy or you can pray about this decision I have to make or whatever. And that gives me a connection with him no matter what. Spiritual mentors ask, how can I pray for you? Spiritual mentors then go ahead and pray for you. Spiritual mentors then come back to you and say, how's that thing going for, for you that, I, that I've been praying about? Spiritual mentors do that, and in doing that, they make you resilient. Uh, the next uh, characteristic, I'm not sure that you're going to like it. There's two more. I don't know if you'll like this next one. Spiritual mentors correct you. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Who wants to hear that, right? That spiritual mentors do that. Think of the many times that Jesus corrected his followers. Over and over again, you see it. At one point, he looks at one of his best followers and say, get behind me, you're just like Satan. Oh, don't ever say that to me. I don't know that I can handle it, right? Yeah. But Jesus was the ultimate spiritual mentor. And that was a very serious issue that that follower was, was dealing with. And so Jesus told him about it. You know, the Sermon on the Mount is probably one of the most beloved pieces of literature in civilization. It really is. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian. The Sermon on the Mount, you just got to respect it. It's incredible. Do you know it's mostly corrective? It is. He looks at people and he says, you have heard it said, thou shalt not kill. And you think you're good because you're not. But I want to tell you that when you say, I hate that guy, Let me just correct your thinking. It's not that you shouldn't kill, it's that you shouldn't hate. You've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. And you're feeling pretty good because you haven't committed adultery for at least a week and a half. Let me tell you, Jesus says, that when you look with lust on another man's spouse, you're committing adultery right in your heart. That is all corrective mentoring there is what Jesus did over and over again. Correction. And by the way, correction is extremely valuable. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is, do you see that word? Stupid. That's the 2011 NIV translation. In the earlier NIV, the 1984 NIV, that last word, it was translated stupid. 
And in the New American Standard, here's how it's translated. Stupid, right? And in the ESV, here's how it's translated. Stupid. And in the New King James, guess how it's translated? Let's hear it. Stupid, yeah. And in the King James, the old King James, brutish. I <laughs> love that, right? Wow, that was a pretty brutish thing you said there, right there, yeah. Yeah. Here's what it's saying. It's saying that intelligent people who are somewhere above the level of animals value correction. They value correction. And mentors who correct you are aiding you in your resilience. Good mentors, they encourage you as well. They tell you the kind of things that the Apostle Paul told Timothy. Evidently, um, before 2 Timothy, the second letter we have that was written from Paul to Timothy, evidently before it was written, um, they'd been together, and when they left, it must have been a sad moment. Because when Paul begins writing this letter to his son in the faith, he, he says, right in chapter 1 and verse 4, he says, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. What kind of talk is that? Encouragement. Encouragement. And that's what mentors do. They encourage. In fact, encouragement might be the most important thing you can do as a spiritual mentor. I love the story that Terry Bradshaw tells. He says that Chuck Noll, who was a great coach, that Chuck Noll just seemed, Bradshaw felt like he was always on my case. And at one point, Bradshaw said, look, if you stop chewing me out when I come off of that field every time, and instead, if you give me a pat on the butt, man, I'll be a lot more resilient. Yeah, well, that's not exactly what he said, but that's what it comes to. Because encouragement makes you resilient. It helps you to bounce back. Good mentors encourage you. Now, I want to talk for a minute about where do you find these guys? And I want to say this first. You find them developing their own spiritual lives. Spiritual mentors are not just interested in helping other people. Someone who is not interested in tending to their own spiritual development, but only tending to yours, run away, run away, run away, right? They are developing their own walk with Christ. And there are certain places where you can find them. One of them is pretty obvious, right? In church. That would be a place to find them. Among other Christian people, you will find them. You'll find them in a Bible study. You'll find them in a small group on a Saturday morning or a Wednesday evening or a Thursday. You'll find them engaged, and hear this, you'll find them at time engaged in ministry. And when you join them there, as they are developing, you will find yourself being mentored. But you have to go there. If you want to learn to play hockey, you don't go to the band room, right? You don't even go to the gym. You don't go to the computer lab. If you want to play hockey, if you want to learn to play, you go to a place where other people are learning to play hockey. And if you do that, you will find yourself being mentored by them. So number one, you will find them as people who are developing their own spiritual lives. You will also find them serving in the kingdom. I am guessing, I am guessing, that some of the best mentoring you have ever experienced was when you were serving with someone else in the kingdom of God. Think about it for a minute. Maybe you co-taught Sunday school together for a year or so with Mrs. Barrett. And as you were talking to Mrs. Barrett and just hanging out with her, Somewhere along the way you realize it's not just the kids that are learning. 
I'm learning from Mrs. Barrett. You found you were being mentored. Or maybe you jumped into Bible quizzing and you were like, I'm going to help out with the Bible quizzing. So maybe you're, you're doing the Bible quizzing thing and there's another person you're doing it with and the two of you are working together to help the kids learn about the Bible so they can learn to be better young people, children and, and teens and adults eventually. And suddenly you realize, wow, just hanging out with this person, I feel like I'm the guy that's getting mentored here. can even happen in sanctuary renovation. I can pretty well guarantee that in the nights that the guys, the men and women who worked here together to renovate this sanctuary, I can guarantee that their shoulders rub together so that some good rubbed off from one onto another. It just happens. It's mentoring. And it, it happens. You've found a mentor. And you find mentors by serving one another. Here's a third place that you can find a mentor. You'll find a mentor when uh, they're looking for you. Because good mentors automatically look for people to mentor. You happen to be talking to someone, maybe at work, or maybe you know, someone you meet somewhere, and, and you're just chatting together, and you say something like this. You say, you know, I was, reading a, I was reading a Bible the other day, and in Romans, it said something about present your bodies as living sacrifices to God. And that person says, oh yeah? Okay. You haven't found a mentor. <laughs> I'm just saying, you haven't found a mentor. But you do the very same conversation with a different person who maybe you've observed something in their life that makes you feel like maybe there's something about them that they value eternal things over everyday things. And you say to them, you know, I was reading in the Bible the other day and it said in chapter 12, present your bodies as living sacrifices. And, and they go, yeah, I know that verse. Yeah. What, what do you think that means? There's a good chance that you're finding a mentor because mentors look for people to mentor. So don't give up. They're out there and they're actually looking for you. Spiritual mentors. They are very powerful tools to have in your life. They help you stand back up when you fall. I'm not sure that I've mentioned this to you. I've been meaning to mention it. Um, I'm a grandfather. (laughs) That's my grandson. Do you see the hands? Not the little ones, but the bigger ones there? Those are my daughter's hands. Um, That's his mentor, his mom. She is there to catch him if he falls. Because she's human, sometimes she doesn't catch him, and sometimes he falls. That's good for him, you know. And when he falls, she helps him stand back up. In fact, if you, this is a screen capture off of a video she sent. Um, if you could see the video, you will see later in the video, she actually says to him, buddy, you've got to move your foot forward because it's going to slide out. He doesn't understand those words, but she's mentoring because she loves him. And she wants him to grow. She's teaching him to get back up when he falls down. Resilience. And not to fall down quite as often as he is. Do you have someone in your life to do that for you? Do you have someone in your spiritual life? Not in your physical life to help you if you fall, but spiritually to help you keep at it. I want to pray that if you don't have someone like that, that you get a lot of people like that. I'm going to pray that the heavens rain people like that into your life. And I'm going to pray if you do have people like that, that two things will happen. One, you'll get more because you can never have too many. And two, you'll be one, okay? So if you're comfortable, let's stand together as I lead in prayer. You know, let me me just say this too. I'm going to throw this question out here. I don't want you to answer it. Can you be someone who's never placed your faith in Christ and still have a spiritual mentor? Don't answer that. Hear it again now. Can someone who has never placed their faith in Christ still have a spiritual mentor? Yeah, they can. 
Because you were mentored into the kingdom of God, whether you know it or not. God brought people into your life to talk to you about Jesus. And so even as I pray today, even if you're someone who says, yeah, I kind of like the Christian thing. I'm not really sure about Jesus yet. I don't know about that. I'm praying for you too, that you would recognize that God is putting spiritual mentors into your life to open so that your heart might open to the love of the one who gave himself for you. And that you might know the full measure of that love found in Christ Jesus. So I'm praying for all of us, whether you're at the beginning of the race, nearing the end of the race, that you would find a spiritual mentoring to help you run the race well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are thankful for your great love for us. You are a good, good father. We live in a world that has a lot of problems, a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos. And because of that, um, sometimes resilience does not come easy. It is easy for us to be discouraged. It is easy for us to fall down. And we thank you for the tools that you give us for resilience. We thank you for mentors. I pray for anyone here who feels like, I just don't have a lot of spiritual mentors. I pray that you open heavens and rain those people into their lives. And if they would see that and they would value that, they would take advantage of that. And that, that those mentors would serve as uh, tools for their own resilience as they walk this path of life. I pray for people that have a lot of mentors and I pray that they would have even more because you can't have too many and I pray that they would be mentors to others. Picking people up when they fall and helping them to walk a steady course. You've given us many good things in this world. We recognize um, such things don't last forever. But that spiritual quality, that, that part of us that longs for something more, that eternal aspect of our nature, that is what we give our attention to today. We ask that we might find those along the path who are in Christ Jesus, who can help us as we develop into the people, the men, the women, the boys, the girls, you want us to become. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.